Welcome to Come Through Chats. We hope to make this your favorite podcast. If you're listening on a streaming platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you are actually hearing this first. We release here 24 hours before we release on YouTube. So thank you for being a top tier supporter. Take your support to the next level by purchasing merchandise from our website, ToastaProgression.com, and buy as much stuff as you possibly can handle. We appreciate you, your time, and your support. Listen up. We hope you learn something. <laughs> yeah, what's going on, Shereen, man? DJ Dukin, now we ain't in the building. East side to be exact, Garnett to be exact, 21st and Garnett to be exact. And I slid in with my man King Spencer at the come up, Tulsa. Take off! Haruki! You heard it? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, what's going on? Oh, man, nothing much, man. Uh, feeling like a million bucks. Came out here to, uh, for some family situation, but... Pulled up on you, so it's all good. So yeah, you know. bro, I'm happy when I, I was actually knocked out when you called and you had, you had rung that line. And I said, okay, how do I answered you like, bro, I'm in the town. What's up? I was like, uh, yeah, you, give you, me 15 minutes. Look, you <laughs> and um, Big Rich, Young DV, Young Quan are the only people I really called. Like, yeah. that was it. Like that's that's pretty much all I, who who I've called today in regards to, and Steph. Steph ain't pick up the phone, so. Yeah, you know, Steph probably got a million things shaking like you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He probably in Tokyo or something. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. You know what I'm With saying? The fi- having fire little Africa vibes. So. Yeah, that's right. So. Well, bro, we, we got a lot of stuff to discuss today. Um, and I, I want to start off by just asking you, how is, how's life in Atlanta been? Life in Atlanta's been pretty good, man. It's, it's actually been pretty straight. Um. It's been treating me pretty well. Um, the grind in in the world of, of music in Atlanta. Now, granted, me, I'm doing well. I got a sh- producer show, uh, Iron Fist Cookup, um, that's been moving producers and, and and making producers been able to tap in with their favorite producer and be able to collab with them and just give them the opportunity in a different aspect. But as a as of a, as of a, as for Atlanta itself, Atlanta's been kind of tough and difficult, bro, because Atlanta is in a Music crisis It's an identity crisis I don't know what they want to do And truly it's because When you got Young Thug who go to jail You got Gunner That nobody really trusts You got Trouble That, that, that got Merc You got Takeoff that passed You know what I'm saying it, it Atlanta's just is In a very rough time And it doesn't know What it want to do And it is Because of the digital age That is convert That is, has converted But it's also With Atlanta Getting up with this New style And this new age Of time to figure itself out to where it needs to go next route. Because if Atlanta's stuck on where it's at now, I guarantee you another city is going to take it. Now, granted, decades that Atlanta's been on top of this game, I'm not entirely sure it will be in the same aspect, but it may be five years or so forth. Now, granted, Atlanta still has artists still pulling up. It's still got producers still pulling up. Networking and getting in with their favorite artists, but favorite whatever they're doing in in regards. But it is uh, Atlanta's hands is up in the air because it doesn't know what it want to do. So it sounds like what you're saying is uh, Atlanta isn't a, isn't a, a tastemaker right now. To be honest, I hate to say it, but no. 
that's a that's a 90% and then there's a 10% yes it still is a taste maker and 90% no it's not a taste maker because the money's drying up in Atlanta and it come, and, and that's on the basis of uh, events um, the only people who could probably get some get a still get a bag is a major podcast or a major radio station that has a dope podcast that's really moving in Atlanta. Like I said, the digital age of Atlanta is here, but Atlanta itself, the culture of Atlanta, is trying to figure it out. So, who would you get a tastemaker title to in the United States? In the United States, mm-hmm. you talking about it as podcasts or just no, uh, musically? Musically, at this time, right now. Detroit, ah, you right. Florida, Florida, because it's so much. It's so much music that's coming out of Florida without the DJs right now that it has more power. Yeah, it it has extreme power, and it's because of TikTok, and it's just because of the net. It's just because of the the internet. The internet mm. going up. Um, Texas right now. In a whole, it is it, doing something, and I'm I'm surprised to see all of Texas doing something. Yeah. Then just Dallas, and then Houston's quiet, or Houston and Dallas is quiet, and then you'll hear a little, a little mozzarella spread of Austin and Texarkana, San Antonio, but nah, like really Texas is really going up through there with different artists has really got their names up. Okay. So, but I do want to say this though, I think this is also an era that. You really can't look at the artistry based off the city and we putting the city on. It's really right now who the artists who got the money and the budget and who know how to handle the business. Mm-hmm. You know, originally, me doing mixtapes and being a DJ and all that and being a producer, I wanted to put Toast on the map. But you can't really come in that angle anymore because nowadays, no one's not looking at Oklahoma and being like, what? Niggas rapping in Oklahoma? Like, oh, huh? Niggas mm-hmm. rapping Minnesota. That's yeah. weird. That ain't weird nowadays. Right, right, right. It's, it's just not weird. It's everywhere it's now. It's everywhere now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the only thing you can really tell difference from somebody nowadays is probably their beats or their accent when it comes to how they rap. But nowadays, I mean, it's not based about upon where they from. Right now, this is based upon who got the money and the marketing and the business correct. Yeah. So. Okay. Wow, that's interesting, bro. Um... I want to know who are some of the artists from Tulsa that you've been keeping up with. So I've been keeping up with Fire from Little Africa because uh, Saint Dominique. I grew up with Saint Dominique and Normandy Apartments before they changed it because I went back over there and Normandy looks so different now. Yeah. It, what it, is it Normandy called now? Yeah. What is Normandy called now? Shoot, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, it's, it's called Normandy. Yeah, it's, it's called Normandy. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the still the hood of me yeah. when I grew up there. But Dom, Saint Dominique. I actually, I actually gave Saint Dominique beats off the PS2. He, a lot of people don't even know that, but Saint Dominique used to want to rap back in the day, and I had a cousin by the name of Matthew uh, Matt Leon. Matt Leon is my Shout cousin. Out Matt. And um, I was trying to always get Saint Dominique in the studio uh, when 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 Matt Leon and uh, his his brother Melvin. When they were signed to Soldier Flow uh, from Stacker Grip, I know that's a throwback, but that's that's really I was really trying to put Matt. Uh, I was really trying to put Saint Dominique in the studio in fifth grade because yeah. I really believed him, and I was making beats for him on the PS2 on a music generator, uh, um, MTV2 music generator. That's crazy. So um, we got it. We got to tap back in Saint Dominique. You know, last time we talked, 
you you had a dope record going on. So I'm glad to see what's going on with them. But they Saint Dominique is who I've been in tune with. Uh, Dalton, because I, I used to be a part of Tulsa where I was the main DJ with uh, DJ Selly two times. Rest in peace, Selly two times. So um, I still keep in tune with all the family. Uh, Lawrence Leon, and right now, actually, if it wasn't for Lawrence Leon, uh, I would have never went to Atlanta because he got he let me stay in his crib for a, a, a period of time. Um, and then uh, shoot, Young Quan, me and Young Quan got something to work since we both from the East Side. You know what I'm so saying? You dropped that East Side, yeah. uh, with love. Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, me and him are actually putting a whole project together, so mm. that's coming. Um, and whatnot, so you know, to be continued on that, you know. But as of now, we probably got like two, two or three records in them together as of now. But they need to get mixed down and stuff like that. But, yeah, you know, in due time. That's dope. I want to uh, jump back over to what you were saying about the Iron Fist cookup and uh, that whole movement that you guys started. I watch it on Instagram and all the videos and tournaments and just all the dope stuff that you got going. And it's dope because you're from Tulsa. And I see the the traction that you're gaining out there in Atlanta. Tell me a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more about what is Iron Fist, and uh, what kind of effect is it having on the music scene in Atlanta? Okay, so, so, um, all right, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna start from the beginning. What made me want to do Iron Fist? So, in 2018, I started seeing the mixtape game die out. So I told myself, all right, I gotta do something different. I had a partner who moved in with me, uh, Lawrence Leon. He had came back to Atlanta. He came to Tol- he went back to Tulsa and he came to Atlanta and he brought a partner of mine. He used to na- his name used to be Seaboy, but now he calls himself Sejepi. He came in and at the time when I'm thinking, man, should I stop DJing? Should I keep doing mixtapes? What should I do? He came in with Ableton on the laptop. And I'm like, hey man, I'm about to get back and Producing because I see him going crazy. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get back into making beats. So I'm going crazy every day. Like I'm in the gym making beats every day. 2020 come, I had a podcast called The Dojo Show. Mm-hmm. And it was cool and whatnot. And then I told myself I want to do something different for the producer world. And what made me want to do something different for the producer world, and I was stuck on it. I had a, I got a mentor back back in Atlanta, uh, Tal Fahaya from Oakland, from the Nickel and Dime, and he was like, you need to make a platform, if you're gonna do this, make a platform producers to really get an opportunity though. Mm-hmm. While I, while he's teaching me how to make beats better, more clear, more crisp, and more sophisticated, he brought certain ideas about how to make, how to do Iron Fist before it was even Iron Fist Cookup. So I run to my manager and I tell him like, yo, we're gonna make a show called Iron Fist, but I want to do something different for producers. I want to give producers opportunity to really be able to play their beats in front of a producer, major producer, and be able to get critiqued about that directly, whether they need to work on this and that, even if it means to tell them, I rock with your beats, let's work, or the bad side of telling them, hey, because in, in the show, in Iron Fist, we got a deal called Open Your Dog. We're pretty much, if Open a producer- Open Your Dog? Your, your dog, D-A-W. D- so dog. dog, you got the Pro Tools up, you got a garage band up. That's a doll that producers can make beats in. Mm. So that's the that's the slogan in the producer world. What's your doll? You use FL Studio. You use Cubase. You use Reason. You use uh, 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 Machine uh, Ableton. The list go on and on of just extreme dolls that producers make beats on. Mm. So 
open your door if you're beat. Because you bring your laptop in the room. We at Stank on your studios, the home of Outcast. So you make you got your beat up, you playing it, and then producers are like, hold up, nigga, why your 808 kind of distorted? Why that why that why you got a tree branch in there for no reason? Man, open your door, bro. Let's see what's going on, bro. Like, what is that? And they ain't to put producers down, but it's to help producers because with my show, I'm here to make you and break you at the same time. If you, you you sitting in front of four Grammy nominated producers most of the time. I bring in some heavy producers. You know what I'm saying? So cause the last Iron Fist cookup I did, I brought Jay Reed, who produced majorly for for Nicki Minaj, brought her back to life. Bobby Critical pretty much made uh Lil Uzi Vert sound. And then I brought in Adam on the track, um, who produced for Post Malone. So I'm bringing in major producers. Then before that, I brought Drummer Boy. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, bro. You from Tulsa, bro. <laughs> I brought in Drummer Boy. I brought in Bolo, who did the Watch Me With, Watch Me Nay Nay. Um, Kid Wonder Beats, who do, did a lot of stuff for Chief Keith and Lil Durk back then. Like, the, the beginning of their sound. And I got more coming with that. But I'm bringing them so when you play your beats, it got to be sophisticated. It can't be just, oh, we playing trap beats. This is cool. Nah, it gotta be some. Hey, we gotta work today. We gotta we gotta cook up after this event today, and I'm making it that type of opportunity because producers have never had that before. Artists have had that before for since I can remember, but producers ain't never had a thing where they coming outside. Cause most producers they kick it at the crib. That's all they do. They at the crib. They get out work, and they cooking up. And it could be a nigga who look like a Taliban nigga And all he do is go back and forth work, pay bills, take care of his kids And he come to an event, he might be having a crazy sound He might be doing G-Funk with techno He might be doing the New West, the, 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 the Kendrick Lamar sound with the New Orleans bounce Like, it's, it's so many sounds out here today that my platform It gives the producer who, who is, you, you wouldn't even think they make those type of beats it, it, It's... On that that can be in here and probably get on. Yeah. Perfect example. We got a producer right now um, that 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 in the city of Atlanta. You say his name, they like, yeah, I know who that is. But they kind of know him based off just what they've seen um, in Atlanta. But we pretty much put him on. His name is Mappa, but his tag is like Mappa. Just be hard as hell, and he had like three record deals on the table just off the strength of Iron Fist. And because mm. he's a 12-year-old, he should be playing Xbox. Nah, he, his Xbox is the FL Studios. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's to open the door to just any and every producer who's here to really want to work and really want to do their thing than just sitting at the crib making beats that, that get, they get paid for. So let me let me switch gears one time. Is there any potential for a platform like that in Tulsa, and would it be would it work? Do you believe? I believe Tulsa can definitely have it, especially because see, with Tulsa, when it comes to producers, you have to know who made the sound of the Red Dirt sound that we kind of are on and hip to today, because Tulsa has this Cali down south type of inspiration where it wants to be sometimes G-Funk it, it wants to sometimes be Texas it wants to sometimes be Atlanta to a to a small pinch I agree with that but you also have to realize like if there was an Iron Fist for Tulsa 
you would have to bring in niggas who made the sound for Tulsa, who made the sound for OKC. You got to bring in Cool Keith because we wouldn't know Oklahoma City sound if it wasn't for him because Cool Keith was on 105 letting people hear Polo G, Kurt Dog, Presidential Trap House. We were really hearing the sound of Oklahoma because of Cool Keith and whatnot. So, JB Smooth, DJ JB Smooth, if it wasn't for Cool Keys and JB Smooth, we would not know the sound. We wouldn't even hear, Tulsa would never hear Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City would never hear Tulsa. 90% of people from Tulsa back in the day wasn't even paying attention to Oklahoma City. So you would have to remember, you got to remember the Love Shack. You got to remember, uh, uh, you got to remember the Love Shack. You got to remember Block Froze. You got to remember Speaking Into Existence. You got to speak, you got to think of Cut of Classics. You got to think of Producers. Mm. You got to think of Now It Ain't Trap. Who's now a chef now You gotta think Not only just two-piece A lot of people in Oklahoma Probably gonna think Oh you probably talking about two-piece Nah you gotta think Over that line of two-piece Because yeah two-piece is a sound Who engineers everything And, and, and what not that's, that's gravy But it's a lot of producers That have made the sound for Oklahoma That you would have to add them in here Because we would not have a sound here If it was not for them You know what I'm saying So the list go on and on with, with producers who really tried to make it out here. But at the same time, if you weren't hip on the era of Hennessy from 99 with Nitro to the era of Sav Squad, because I, I could say from Nitro to Sav Squad, not the group 918, CO2 the Great, you know, that whole era of them. They really made this red dirt. Young villain, shout out to young villain, cause he really East Side for real. He really taught taught me how to be revving the East Side. Um, you gotta really add them into that whole era. And then the producers that were making beats at that time that we probably didn't know they were producers because we weren't paying attention to producers back then. You know what I'm saying? I think the I think the only group that actually that people kind of really knew that made beats in Tulsa, if it wasn't Paramount. Beats from Nashville that was messing with Miss Unique, Alexis Renee back in the day. Mm. You probably wouldn't even know he, he he was from he was from Nashville, but he made a lot of beats for people from Tulsa. But I personally would say the person who had an actual tag that everybody uh you know kind of knew, and it really was depending on who you kind of listen to their music from is probably Block Froze, Rich Kid, because you heard Rich Kid Block Froze, but. You gotta really know Oklahoma music yeah, and hip hop to kind of know. Listed a bunch of them that went right over my head, but a lot of them I, I'm familiar with. Mouthpiece, the producer I remember mouthpiece. mouthpiece. Um, but but look, bro. Even given all of those names and the what they contributed to the Tulsa sound, bringing them together, bringing a, a collaborative of producers together today in Tulsa, what does the benefit look like? Because we not the benefit Atlanta. would be the benefit would be. The benefit for all that would be is Tulsa to honor what that sound is and whatever that pocket is um, and whatnot. Matt Leon could probably have a pocket. Um, uh, Two-Piece could have a pocket. And really, when it comes to Tulsa, I don't even think you need a deal like Iron Fish. You need an actual event that can collab and you can actually watch it in the studio. And whether it's in Tulsa or Oklahoma City, and you can actually see producers actually cook up together. So you seeing producers from Oklahoma City, seeing producers in Tulsa come together and just be in the studio and just watching producers collab because it'll actually be dope to see that because because you'll see like 
I seen the process of these of whoever making these beats for people for Tulsa. I know what these beats are sound like because I seen what's his name put this together. I seen him go crazy with them with them snares. I seen what's his name go crazy with this and that. A, B, C, and D. So it's like it's like when you when you have if you have an event like that for Oklahoma when they come up producers, you probably definitely have some. Because it it, it it might be a producer that might be big on G Funk, and it might be a producer that's big on Down South where he going crazy on the 808s, and there's another producer where he collab and he going crazy on the melodies and the keys mm-hmm. on the beat. So and then you got another producer where he want to put in a bass line, so he going crazy, he going crazy on it. So it really would need to be a a, a, a sooner collaboration type thing when it comes to Oklahoma. It got to be something of that of that nature. Man, I got so many questions, bro. But I'm gonna just go with this one. How does um how does pride and envy and jealousy play into this formula that you got going? Because I know that you got prideful and jealous dudes that feel like you know they don't want to be a part of it or they feel like. You, you, am I making sense? How yeah. That, how does so that so I, I I think with that you can't really have um you can't really have pride or you can't really have pride when it comes to this situation because it's for the greater good to see Oklahoma sound really get out. Um, and whatnot. See, a lot of people, a lot of people technically wouldn't even know me in Tulsa because I really would never make moves in Tulsa when it came to the underground shit. And especially at the time when Tulsa was trying to get on, you really only seen Big Rich or Wayne in this thing who really had Tulsa on the Oklahoma on the map mm-hmm. or Jay Poe. Shout out to Jay Poe 405, OG Poe 405. But I think my thing was I had to get out of town a lot and go mess with. Arkansas and whatnot. I had to go mess with Arkansas. Arkansas know me more than Oklahoma do. And that's kind of crazy to say, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that's just the process of just how my my you know my my purpose and walk of life just went. Mm-hmm. But when it comes back to the pride of what you're saying, right? When it comes to Oklahoma, Oklahoma technically doesn't have a pride thing. It's not like that anymore. I just think it's just Oklahoma still trying to Get his foot in the door. His foot is trying to really get in the door right now, and that's the problem with Oklahoma. So I don't think it's a it's a jealousy thing because Oklahoma City and Tulsa can deal with each other. Before we couldn't deal with each other. We just we just couldn't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It took having JB come down here. It took a lot of Oklahoma City cats to come down here and see what's going on in Tulsa, and. It took firing a little Africa to do it. It took a, the live and four, four five nation to come and do it. It took a lot of people to want to deal with that deal with that 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 glitch that we had here. And I think it, I think it also got to do with the the small town city slicker living from Tulsa to Oklahoma City that made us be that way. I don't really think it's a jealousy thing. I think it's just a a baby that's learned how to crawl, walk. And, and and get to it. Now Tulsa just need to be Sonic. Oklahoma City and Tulsa need to be Sonic and Road Runner Times Ten and go. That's that's just what it's all about, man. Right. All right. Well, yeah. I, I had some other questions, but they shot my mind. Uh, oh, this is one of them. So that same formula that you have with the Iron Fist cookup that just kind of unites producers to build each other up. Does that same formula work with um, the musicians, the artists? No, it doesn't, and I'll tell you why. So, with musicians, yeah, it can, because with musicians, 
um, a musician is trying to, you know, see, this is the best way I can explain it, and I explained this to one of my partners a while back. The music industry is kind of like the cafeteria in high school where you come in and you can say, hey, I do, I'm a musician. Well, the musician will go with the musician, right? So the musician is, yeah, I'm a musician. You know, I play the flute, I play piano, I play alto, tenor, saxophone, etc. Yeah, I do all those things. And I, 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 how long you been doing it? I've been doing it for ten years. Okay, you know the notes and the scales, and yeah, I know, I know the scales. But you look at him as a as a as a as a bum. <laughs> you look at him as a bum. Why? Because he's. He might be musically inclined like crazy, but the messed up thing about it is you look at him as a bum. You know who you look at as God in the, in the cafeteria, popular? You look at that artist who don't know nothing about engineering, who don't know nothing about the, the, the game in depth, who really don't even know the business really correctly. You honor him because he might be next up and, and taking off because he just know how to rap cool. He just cool for the time being. We don't even know if homie gonna be here in the next five years, dog. We don't know if he gonna he or she gonna be the next Michael Jackson. We don't know none of that. But we look at the artist as oh they they got it they got it more popping because they got a brand and they got an image. Woo da da da. But if you bring them to the studio to come work, they're not gonna do like cats in L.A. where. He know how to engineer. He know how to make these beats. He know how to make this sound. He know how to play these keys. He know how to play the saxophone. He know how to really get the sound going. He know how to do everything and make it clear. And oh, all right, we doing another record? All right, cool. And go right back to sleep. No, they, the artist is not doing that. That musician is who you really got to show love to. The producer who be on a computer and make beats is doing VST, using VSTs and and anything, whatever, to kind of make a sound. They probably don't even know the keys that they're playing. They're probably using Scalar or some other VST to try to finesse it. But here's the thing about it, about that person in the cafeteria, the producer, right? So we talked about the artist being a fraud in a sense, but Seven out of ten producers, right, do not know how to play keys. No, don't really know how to do melodies. You can ask them, play me a chord of C, D, E major together. Uh, uh, do it on a do it on a laptop. A laptop, that, be scared. Why? Because producers don't really take the time to want to learn how to create keys and melodies and whatnot. It may be some producers that want to do it, but most of them don't. Most of them are sampling or making a loop, some corny loop, and collabing that loop with somebody else and thinking that's that's the game. But nah, it's really not the game, and especially how diverse the world is when it comes to music. But this is just the trap world I'm talking about. This is rap that I'm talking about. Because the techno EDM... They got to be precise with their ears. They got to be precise with the notes being played. A musician, he might like jazz. He might want to make a jazz type sound. He might want to make a lo-fi type sound, a boom bap type sound. Because that's what most musicians, when they make music, they'll be in that range or they'll do a gospel type of 
um, sometimes some some producers even do gospel trap type sounds where mm-hmm. it, it it it'll go good with a gospel record, but they got to know those notes that they're playing. They got to know what they're doing. It got to make sense because if they don't know, especially the keys, you can put all the eight oh eights and kick and hi hats as much as you want. You can try to sample as much as you want, but if you don't know them keys, bruh, you're stuck. Yeah. Because if you really go into a studio with somebody and they're asking for something specifically, play these keys, play this, that, play A, B, C, you're stuck. Yeah. And you're just sitting there. But but wrap up how how the the formula of Iron Fist wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Tulsa. Okay, yeah, because I was too busy talking. My bad, <laughs> you bro. You bro. Um... <laughs> um it wouldn't work with artists because artists are trying to figure themselves out in this game and become a brand. A musician and a producer, they're in the same category because they're average Joe Blow people that you probably didn't know they did music unless you really hung out with them. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's cool for them to want to go work with each other. They don't really have a beef. They really don't have a problem. Uh, they don't even have issues with each other. Yeah. They just on some. Oh, bro, you 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 make beats too? Oh man, what you use, bro? Oh okay. Oh you? Oh, man, I use the same thing. Hey, how you feel about A B C D E F G, bro? Like, how you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I be using the same thing too, bro. Yeah. That's they. That's how they're gonna be. Right, right. Now you might get a musician who might be on some. I don't know. Wait, use what? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I just know how to play the saxophone real good and the drums and the piano. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's all I know how to do. Yeah. Because trying to work stuff on a computer, that's not their life. Right. Well, uh, let, let's shift gears real quick. I want to ask you a couple of questions just about, like, what you think could be uh, some info that you could give to artists that could be kind of beneficial to their career. Um, one of them is, what is the key to getting tastemakers in, in your city to play and promote your music? Money. Mm. The budget. What is it looking like? What we going to do? Nobody. We, we, we grown out here. You know, no one, no one works for free. No one does. If you think that somebody works for free, you're a joke. Maybe if they're 19 or 20 because they want to thrive out here or they want to get their brand names started somewhere. But in another case, no one works for free. Mm-hmm. Please have a budget. Please have it ready. Be prepared. Have your business ready. Have your LLC ready. Whatever it takes. You know, having a taste to make a life. And you saying, for instance, like, let's say you get a wreck. Let's say a producer, a producer. And the artists are working together, right? They partners. Mm-hmm. The producer collabs with Zaytoven and Drummer Boy. That's dope. Then he wants to go get a future a feature from NBA YoungBoy and Lil Boosie. You're gonna need a lot of money to make all that happen. Mm-hmm. Then you need a budget to make it move. Mm-hmm. We are we talking about something that's gonna probably run somebody possibly. A meal to really make sense. Mm. And it matters. It just 100% matters, man. Have that budget, have that money ready, and don't be playing no games when it comes to that because that's a serious thing. You got NBA yeah. Young Boy, Lil Boosie. Bring it down to a more local level. Like, what would those numbers look like? So, locals level, um, you're looking at. So, you're talking you got, about. Let's say you got a Lil Boosie feature. That, that's realistic. You know what I'm saying? They'll probably run you a couple thousand. Yeah, that's, that's so. about 50K. 
Boosie won 50k for a feature. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, uh, and then, uh, NBA YoungBoy he wants more. He wants he wants 80k almost. And then Drummer Boy is probably gonna run a producer on a collab. Zaytoven and, and and Drummer Boy all together probably gonna put on a collab tense on a collab beat. Probably you know working in the studio doing y'all thing all together. They're probably gonna come out about ten bands. Okay, so what if you just like a local a local guy that just got a little bit of heat on a record? What you think? Give it up, or you think it's, it's something to be worked there? It, it it can be worked. It just it, it, it just what what are you gonna what's the budget gonna be like for you to go move it? Yeah. What's the, are you really ready to move this record? And that's that's the next question. What is what are some ways to move a record? In your opinion, a team, a really a team, bro. It's really a team. Apologies. You good? Um, it's really a team because if you don't have a team with this, that you pay to to do what they need to do, whether it be marketing and this and that. I mean, you got you need a team behind all that. So it's really a team in in, in between all that. Like fences, bro. There's a lot of records that I seen when I was in high school. From artists having records with Lil Boosie, Gucci Mane, especially Gucci Mane. I was like, man, these this the one right here. This could take off. It didn't take off because niggas ain't had no budget. No one had a budget. It was just a record on a mixtape and. That was it. We got something that's making crazy in Atlanta. And I'm not going to go in depth about it, but there's a specific artist and a, and a manager that runs a big label in Atlanta where he put his bread behind some couple artists, major, major artists, and put bread behind the radio. And when it came down to it, that was like two mil off of just the artistry, the, the, the radio, the marketing, etc., for people to want to, for DJs to want to go hear it, maybe want to DJ it, for people to want to listen to it, it's like, oh, that take a budget. Why? Because it's advertisement for you to be known to people who who work on a day to day basis, who eat, sleep, shit, and they gotta listen to you for what? You see what I'm saying? It costs money for all that. Yeah. For 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 people even remembering their mind. Oh yeah, yeah. That hey boy, you hilarious. Oh, oh, bro, that brand was crazy. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It take a budget for you to remember Iron Fist Cookup, right? Technically, I haven't done Iron Fist Cookup in two months because I haven't brought another episode out. Mm-hmm. You know it because I put the budget behind it on YouTube to consistently come through Facts. your. Thinking process seeing and seeing it because it ain't like I was just waking up every day like what DJ Hadouk can go, going on. Yeah, you know you, what I'm saying. Yeah, but was, it was consistently in like to a point where I'm familiar to I could tell you a little bit about it. You yeah, know what I'm saying. So, so it I took see. a budget. That budget yeah. was like two bands, bro. Yeah, through YouTube alone. Yeah, and that's just to do a little bit of going. If I go out, hey man, you you run Iron Fist Cook Up. I I've seen you. And, I, and that's happened, in mm-hmm. which that's cool, but that yeah, it take a budget, bro. Ain't yeah. no joke. How do you feel? How do you handle relationships when you have an artist that is kind of overplaying their value or their position in a partnership? And this in this time and age, especially me being got got kids and whatnot, I probably will put them to the side, and we'll just see where it go from there. 
you hope you hopefully you got a wishing well because it doesn't really work like that. You you need to have the bread ready up in front. Like if we doing a couple now now granted if it's a real relationship and we'll figure it out later, that's cool. But if it's not really something serious to where oh we got to be in the studio for a couple of days because Jay Z about to be on this record, Beyonce about to be on this record. Okay, nah. If it's nothing in that aspect, there's really nothing really to talk about, bro. We just we just hoping and wishing that that okay because you got some clout on Instagram that ain't giving us no money to pay bills and live by ourselves on. And we just we just thinking on oh, your clout is going to take off. This, see, this is not 2010, 2009. It's not like that. This ain't the Dat Piff. This ain't the Dat Piff age. This is a digital age where, where people are getting money just off of just a record going, something taking off, but it's some budget behind it and it's making consistent money to where people can feed their families in. If I can't do that with you, bro, we can't really work. If I got a relationship, a real relationship with you, we can really talk about the business, the paperwork, and keep it moving to where we both satisfied. And I'm not angry at you deep inside. And you not tripping on me because you got some type of clout and think I should worship your worship you and kiss your feet. Yeah. It's, it don't work like that. Let me ask you another thing. As a DJ, um, you know, how how should an artist approach you if they want you to spin their record? So when it when it comes to that, and speak generally, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am gonna speak generally because I, I'm not big in the DJing as much anymore, but mm-hmm. I, I, I still rock with the aura and the era because <sighs> that's what made me. Um, you know, it, it really come down to see when I did it when I was DJing, I, all I played was independent artists, so that was like my biggest thing. Um, but I wasn't really focused on people giving me money. But when it came down to it, if I really like your music, some DJs will rock with you where they like your music. And then there's some DJs, they just want to be paid regardless because they don't know what they're going to get. But I feel like you also, as a DJ, has to have to respect the art of it when it comes to artistry. And if you hear something that you like, yo, this could definitely go and really take time for it. Then just somebody who just throwing you some music and throwing you something that's just corny and whack and distorted and not mixed and wasting your time and mm-hmm. yeah just give me the money because you're just wasting my time <laughs> so yeah <laughs> alright <laughs> you kept it a little too real on that one bro but it happens yeah okay um we, we had a request on the question and it was um, do you feel like um, hip hop rap music is having a negative effect on our communities yeah it does because it's what us as human beings love especially being black you 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 love the style of, cu- of culture especially with hip hop depending on what region you're from that's what we're into that's the style we into and what not it's gotten so effectively to the point where you have Afrobeast that has more power right now than hip hop. Is just it may overpower it in the next couple of years because Afrobeast is fun, it's Africany, and you can have a good time because it feels like love music and you can still have a dope vibe. You know what I'm saying? I feel like trap music, street music. Don't get me wrong; it's, it's always going to be here. The gangster music is always going to be here. 
Does it affect our community? Yeah, because people really think like this, bro. Niggas really gangbang. Niggas really put, niggas really trap. People really put on for they set. Granted, when we grew up, that was a big thing. Street music was a big thing. Every mixtape was real street music. And it's niggas that was really living that life with no problem. Has it distorted a lot of black people to want to do whatever, be gutter, gold in the mouth? It, it, it runs everything. Where you want to have a tattoo on your face and go crazy. Uh, the style of clothes we all wear. It, it influences everything. It, it, good and bad. I can't say it just does bad most of the time. It does good also at the time. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, that's just life. <laughs> Whether it can be this camera... It's going to be ups and downs with the camera. And then hip-hop is definitely going to be some ups and downs because hip-hop comes from talking what needs to be said in a good way. And also, hip-hop also comes from a side where it's a rebellious way. Extremely rebellious towards people, towards the hoods, money, women, etc. It's just a part of it. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's nice. That's nice, bro. That's nice, but man, bro, I, I I could keep going, but we gotta get up out of the studio, bro. But that's DJ Hadouken for y'all, man. It was such an honor to have you on here. My hands always sweat when I do these podcasts, bro. <laughs> but dang, bro, I appreciate you popping in while you now, here from Atlanta. I, I do want to say this because I know you gotta get out of here, right? So, um, I do wanna I do wanna say I'm proud of you, King Spence, because I remember, uh, I remember when. We was in elementary. You just wanted to play basketball. <laughs> That's all you wanted to do. I never would imagine a kid from the east side who was standing in the hood behind kinder care, koala care back in the day, <laughs> would have niggas coming up to the crib. Like, this is facts. I experienced this. Urban Outlet, he tells me, I'm going, hey, bro. I'm thinking about filming and, and doing videos. I'm like, all right, bet. Then I hear one of my partners tell me, hey, bro, I'm, I'm on the east side. I'm like, you stay out north. You don't come out here. What you doing? Oh, man, I'm over here by King Spence house. I'm like, wait, King Spence? You mean Spencer, like, Tulsa Progression? Yeah, yeah, I'm over here, cuz, pull up. I'm like, okay. I see him filming, going crazy in the hood, in, in, in the apartments in the hood, filming, doing it all the time, editing. We have niggas watching the crib while he editing inside. You different. <laughs> like Gutter TV say, you gonna be big, nigga. You gonna be big. <laughs> and then the era of Nipsey Hussle, which you just going and doing your thing with him, bro. I'm really proud to say. Tulsa was somebody from Tulsa was able to do that from East Tulsa to be clear. So I, I'm, I'm I'm proud of you, bro. I salute Ooh, you, bro. Bro, my hands sweaty, bro. I can't do you like that, bro. <laughs> but man, it's an honor, bro, to have you on here. I'm happy that we could get you in here. You know what I'm saying? It's been a minute, bro. When I'll be in the A, I'll be trying to tap in with you, but sometimes hey, it just be busy, bro. It'd be busy. Yeah. Real talk, yeah. but. 
Hey y'all, y'all make sure y'all uh, click the link in the description and support our podcast. Purchase a shirt, you know what I mean. We got new merch dropping on the website. Make sure y'all go follow DJ Hadouken on Instagram at I am I A M D J H A D O U K E N. I am DJ Hadouken. It, you know, at Gmail. Uh, 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 Instagram. Uh, well, of course, I just said that. Uh, Facebook. You know, the whole nine, man. You know, just just yeah, tap. We got it, it all down there in the description. Make sure y'all go check them out. But all right, I'll see y'all later. And that's it for this episode of Come Through Chats. Again, we appreciate you, your time, and your support. Take your support to the next level by purchasing merch at TulsaProgression.com. Until next time, see you later.